All right, everybody, welcome back. My name is Anthony Johnson. I am the optimistic antagonist. This is uh, episode nine, and I'm going to be doing this solo dolo, so you know the show don't stop. Um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty pretty interesting uh, episode. I did a little bit of thinking. You know what happened when I started thinking. And no, I wasn't drinking. But anyway, uh, this episode is going to be titled Congratulatory Compliments and Crucial Criticism. Which one do you pay more attention to? Which one do you pay more attention to? Do you pay more attention to the congratulatory compliments or do you pay more attention to the crucial criticism? I'm a... This episode is going to be kind of funny because it's, it's almost like I'm going to be contradicting myself, but only to play both sides of the aisle, only to be an optimist and only to be a protagonist at the same time, just for entertainment purposes. So if you hear any jokes or anything like that that offend you, my bad, get over it if you can. And if you can't, send me an email or something like that. I don't know. But like I said, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. And another thing. Peace, love, and light. I hope everybody's having a good time out there. And if you're not, try your best to find some people that can lift your spirits, challenge your ego, and show love all at the same time. So, with that being said... Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen.
right, all right. And that right there was Mind Sign with Cosmic Perspective. If you like that, or you need to know how to um, spell the artist's name or look at the song title, it'll be in the uh, in the link or in the display whenever you're looking at the podcast. So um, I don't know that much about him, but he's really, really good, and I got to check out his catalog. Um, I'm going to keep this tempo up. Keep everybody dancing and moving. Keep everybody grooving. And uh, this next song is, um, you know, like I said, I'm trying to keep everybody moving and stuff. So this next song is by another artist. Not sure if he's underground, not sure if he's signed, but his name is John Givens or Givens, uh, J-O-H-N-G-I-V-E-S or Z. Uh, well, Z. Well, you'll see it in the, in the, the daggum, uh, in the, in the link. Yeah, just look at it. But anyway, it's called two-stepping, and it sounds real good. So, here we go. So, if you're listening to this song with somebody, and you like this song, stand up, dance with them, rock with them, show them you love them, show them it's all love in the atmosphere. Uh, but I'm gonna let John do his thing. Welcome to the show, baby. I told you, John ain't gonna stop no time soon. Episode nine. I'm gonna record a thousand of these things, so just gonna keep getting better and better. And if you are returning to the show, welcome back. If you're first time listener, hope you enjoy the show. If you don't like this one, you're gonna definitely like the next one. So. Keep two stepping. i 
that song right there was John Givens with Two Stepping. So hopefully your mood is up. Hopefully everything is good. Hopefully everything is lovely. Hopefully everything is nice. So welcome you guys back in. The title of this podcast is called Congratulatory Compliments and Crucial Criticism. And the question that I posed in the first place was, which one do you pay more attention to? Do you pay more attention to the congratulatory compliments or do you pay more attention to crucial criticism? I think they are very, very important. Uh, me personally, I'm a grown man now, so but I know when I was younger, uh, crucial criticism used to destroy me. Like uh, I always had confidence and stuff like that, but the criticism that I would get when I wasn't good enough used to whoop my butt. I remember uh, I used to try so many things. I, I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to ex excel in just about everything I tried to do. And I would fail. Well, I wouldn't say fail. I would stumble. I would fall. And I would get so caught up in my emotions and stuff like that that I wouldn't even listen to advice that people would give me. I would get so stuck in my own thoughts. I would get so, so just, just, I guess you could say down in the dumps. I would be whooping my own self. <laughs> I didn't need enemies because I was my own enemy. <laughs> but uh, that was when I was a child. But now that I'm a man, um, you know, as far as like, Criticism, I welcome it because um, I've learned that anytime there are enemies or people that don't like you, a lot of times they'll give you more game and more wisdom and more knowledge and more uh, insight on where you're messing up at than your friends. Um a lot of times friendship comes with bias. Uh, you know, they they don't want to see you hurt. They don't want to see you uh, sad. They don't want to see you rolling around in sorrow and things like that. Uh, so, so going to friends sometimes can be a gift and a curse. It's, it's a gift because they care for you and they, you know, they're trying to nurture you, trying to, trying to get you back, back to life. But the curse of that is that bias. You know, you're my friend. You're my family. You're my significant other so of course you don't want to see me fall on my butt you don't want to see me um, falling deeper into depression and things like that but like I said now that I'm a man I appreciate criticism because it tells me where I need to tighten up uh, and as, fa as far as like uh, congratulatory compliments um, like I said when I was younger it was funny because I was I've always been in sports and stuff like that and it'd be times where I would give like 75, 85% uh, on a play, in a boxing match, on the track. Uh, even if I was singing in the choir or something like that, sometimes I'd give like 75, 85%. And people would be like, oh, man, you did real good, man. I'm proud of you. That was, man, you did your thing. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, look, if you was impressed by that, man, if I would have gave my 100, you would have probably been looking at me like I'm an idol or a god or something like that. Man, I wasn't even trying. Like, that was just, I'm just trying to go back home and, and play the game. I'm, just, I'm really trying to get up out of here. I ain't even really locked in like I need to be. My mind elsewhere and this and that. Um, but, like I said, which one do you pay more attention to? That is one of those kind of questions that I like to ask people. And just, you know, I don't like quick answers when I ask questions like that. Like, do you pay more 
attention to congratulations or, or critique. You know, I don't like getting quick answers. I like people to sit back, analyze the question, think about it, go deep if they need to, or if they want to, they can stay on the surface too. But a question like that can make you pause and think. Like, dang, which, which do I pay more attention to? Because there's layers to it. It's so many layers to that question. Here's an example. When I used to play football, there was a, one of my high school coaches, Coach Long. Um, now, Coach Long, he was the high school, he was the head, uh, head football coach when I was a little boy. And I used to watch my uncle play football. And Coach Long was his uh, head coach. Coach Long loved my uncle. I loved my uncle, too. He was my favorite uncle. He was my, actually my favorite family member. He was like a brother. He was like a, a, a father. He was like an uncle. He was like, I don't know, he was everything. He taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to fight. He taught me how to apologize. He taught me how to control my anger. He taught me how to um, channel my anger, like all that. Like he, he was all of that, right? And he had, he spoke in Coach Long. He spoke about Coach Long in high regards. So anytime he talked about Coach Long, I was like, man, I like this guy because I never really heard my uncle say nothing bad about him. So fast forward, now I'm playing football. It's my sophomore year, I believe. Yeah, my sophomore year, I was trying to, uh, trying to make it on the varsity team. And once again, stuck in thought, lost in thought, had to go out, do a tryout, and I didn't do so well. And Coach Long, in an attempt to make me get my stuff together, he gave me some crucial criticism. He looked me square. I ran my 40. I ran my shuttle. I did all of that. He looked at the results and he told me, Anthony, well, I'm not going to say it. You know what? I am going to say it like that. God damn it, Anthony. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. That destroyed me. A critical, critical, critical critique at that time like I said I looked at coach long in high regards and my whole objective was you know because he always said nothing but good things about my uncle so my objective was okay I love my uncle my uncle's been training me getting me better getting me ready for football so when I get out there and I perform in front of coach long I want him to say nothing but good things about me too but the opposite happened I wanted to quit football <laughs> I wanted to quit football. I was feeling like <laughs> But I didn't give up. I'm not really built like that. I'm one of those kind of people who used to get whoopings all the time. So if uh if I messed up or did something wrong, when I would get my whooping, I'd be thinking about I wouldn't be saying, man, I'm not gonna do that again. I used to say, Well, I need to try to figure out a different way to do what's wrong so I won't get caught the next time. So yeah. I used to get whoopings all the time. Uh, some some people would say that makes me an outlier. Um, I don't know. I just think it was just hard-headed because them whoopings hurt all the time. Even though I tried to act like they didn't, they used to whoop me. They used to, it used to tear me down, for real. Um, so that example right there of uh, crucial criticism affected me. Now, another example was a... A person I didn't really know that well like that, um, his name was, well, I ain't going to say his name because I don't want to get sued or nothing like that. But he was, a, 
he was one of the one of the dudes that I used to hang out with um, when I was in college. And this guy, uh, I've seen him doing two faced things before. I've seen him backstabbing and backsliding and stuff like that. And uh, then he would see the people like face to face, up close and personal, and he'd say nothing but good things about him. Hey man, you my boy. Hey man, this, you know you. Boy, you looking good, man. Looking fly, man. Boy, what? I see you with all the hoes over there, man. Okay, I see you looking good, looking all right. And then when the person would walk around the corner, he'd be like, man, that nigga ain't shit, man. Oh, sorry, man. That nigga's a lame. But I didn't know any better because he was funny. So I would always, I would just keep hanging out with him because he always made me laugh. His sense of humor and my sense of humor, like, they matched. So I remember one day we was about to go to the club. We was about to go to the club, <laughs> and uh, I felt like I was G'd up. I mean, look, I went to the mall, bought some shoes, chains, watches. I got all the way geared up, and then he tell me that I was looking whack. He tells me that I'm looking whack. That crucial criticism that came from him, I didn't care because I already knew he was, he was, he was fake anyway. And I, honestly, I shouldn't even been hanging out with him, but he was funny. And I didn't have a whole lot of people I was hanging out with at the time. Like, my selection was few. Just got to the college, and I was just only hanging out with other people that I that I knew from, from back home. So, yeah, that example right there that I just gave you uh, was an example of me paying, more, me paying no attention at all to the crucial criticism from him. So I guess to a certain extent, when it comes to crucial criticism – which one do you pay more attention to? I get, well, in my opinion, it depends on how much you value that person's opinion that's giving you their opinion. Because if you don't care anything about what they say anyway, <laughs> you're not going to be worried about critique. Uh, now, if you do have a, a close relationship with them and they say something, I guess it depends on how they deliver that information. Depending on the tonality, depending on the body language. Uh, yeah, it, it might help or hurt you. But it, I think it really kind of depends on the person. Um, but at the same time, that's my take on crucial criticism. I'm going to go a little bit deeper than that. I'm going to add more layers when I come back. Uh, but right now, I think it's about time for another song. And I know y'all going to like it. I know you're going to love it. Uh, I don't know if y'all like rap or not, but I do. So that's what you're about to listen to. Alright, so the next song I got coming up right next. I said right next. Boy, I'm tripping, slipping, falling. But guess what? I'm gonna pick myself back up. So the next song I got right here is called Antisocial by Apollo Brown, Shay Noir, and Black Soul. Uh if you need help trying to figure out how to spell those artists' names, um or or even looking at the song title or something like that, just take a look at my uh just when you get on uh when you look at the podcast, just look in the uh the info on this episode, and I'll have all of them titled and listed. So, with that being said. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Antisocial. Yeah, that's right. And God's only hope is us. If we don't make it, he ain't going to make it either. Yeah. I 
business, they all looking like Denitor. My niggas flexing, no, I'm Gucci. The loud mouth talk will never move me, so you can't. My nigga, you can't. Talk about who all you favors. Talk about your thousand haters. All I need to know is how you built on the front line. Independent, ain't have to look for deals. Work for myself, can't explain to you how good it feels. Got a taste of my own medicine, so I took the pill. Can't walk in my shoes, you niggas can't even foot the bill. I make music you can ride to, smoke cushion chill. Type of music that you gotta be from the hood to feel. For my hustlers in the kitchen that's trying to cook a meal. Kitchen counter full of coke, look like the sugar spill. Reminiscing on them days back when we was youngest. You the one I called anytime I needed something. Now I'm in this courtroom screaming, I'll free my cousin. Please tell him, take the chains off like Depot coming. I don't argue, triggers talk, bullets, biggest tennis balls. Put my life in a song, nigga, ain't no pen involved. Since a kid, I've been a star. Treat the game like cops, treat a nigga, won't be satisfied till I kill him all. You can catch me in the corner, not speaking. In a room full of pretenders, they all looking like Denitor. My niggas flexing, no, I'm Gucci. The loud mouth talk will never move me, so you your obituaries, pass it out to your fam, kill them niggas that carried you, drop a bomb in a hole that your family digging to bury you, just for emergencies, I put a stash in the wall, now I'm out here pulling strings like I had a guitar, but first I had to ask God, never drown cause when it rains it pours, just take a sip, but I had my last straw, take a peek inside my mind, thoughts scattered like a hoarder's house, gave birth to your style, but now I gotta abort the child, no killer, but don't push me where I have to react, friends turn to OJ and left me stabbed in the back i feel my safe with cash black car credit the charge for them days i used to make a dollar stretch to a yard i only drive myself crazy when i press my garage i got whips so big i could put a chef in my car you can catch me in the corner not speaking in a room full of pretenders they all looking like Denitor. my niggas flexing no i'm gucci the loud mouth talk will never move me so you I'm back, I'm back. So, that song right there was by Apollo Brown, Shade Noir, and Black Soul. I know you liked it. know you loved it. So, let me keep it going a little bit more. Trying to, uh, oh yeah, back to that question that I asked everybody earlier. Um, which one do you pay more attention to? Do you pay more attention to congratulatory comments? I mean, congratulatory compliments? Or do you pay more attention to crucial criticism? Uh, like I said, those kind of questions, when I ask those people, which ones do you pay more attention to? You pay more attention to compliments or criticism? Uh, I think both are equally as important, uh, but it's a slippery slope when it comes to criticism. Um, and the only reason I say that is it takes a level of maturity for you to take criticism the right way. 
I had to learn this through sports and <laughs> getting whoopings and getting in trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> I used to get in trouble a lot because I've always been kind of a rebel. But the reason I said it's a slippery slope and you need to be mature to take criticism is because, uh, how can I put it? I say it's a slippery slope because if you don't know how to channel your anger, if you don't know how to channel your depression, if you don't know how to channel your disappointments, if you don't know how to channel that energy and put it into a positive direction, you will be destroyed. This world is full of nothing but negativity. I could go deep and talk about how, you know, we, for the most part, still celebrate negative. I mean... You can be the most optimistic person in the world, but you get to a breaking point. Everybody gets to a breaking point. But you, you shouldn't look at a person and dehumanize them because they, go, they have a breaking point. Uh, on the last show, I was talking about how the incident with Will Smith and Chris Rock, uh, as long as I've been alive, Will Smith has always been the positive, happy, funny dude. So when he walked up on the stage and slapped uh, old dude, I thought he was, I thought it was all stage. I thought it was an act because, you know, it's Will Smith got accolades. Uh, he got a family. He's a family man. He has been taking criticism ever since he got in front of a camera. So I always looked at him as like the kind of guy that could take a joke and stuff like that. So I didn't even really believe it when he, when he got up and, and slapped old dude. And, you know, at the same time, my opinion about jokes is, you know, if one, if you're laughing at the joke and the person beside you is not laughing and you stop laughing because they're not laughing anymore, you're really a coward. <laughs> like, ain't nothing wrong with laughing. Uh, now, I saw that she didn't tell him to get up and go do that. So, looked like he saw that she was upset. And I don't know what kind of stuff she says to that man behind closed doors in their house. I don't know neither one of them, one of them personally. But... Through my experience, <laughs> anytime I was with a girl and she got offended and I wasn't offended with her, she got mad at me saying I was a punk because I didn't stand up and defend her honor or I didn't, she started making it seem like I'm the one that shoots, <laughs> was shooting slugs at her. And I would always try to offer like some positive insight, like, look, don't look at it like that. It was just a joke. They didn't mean it like that. They don't know you that well. Like, you know, why would you even take that serious? But that never really worked very well. <laughs> it never really worked very well for me. And I, always, I was always in a, uh, one of those kind of predicaments where I'd be trying to say something positive, and then she'd just look at me with the type of face, you know. But anyway, like I said, back to the, the question at hand. Congratulatory compliments or crucial criticism, which one do you pay more attention to? Now that I'm a little bit more mature, I pay attention to criticism, but I don't, I mean, I, I chew up the meat and spit out the bones when it comes to criticism now. Uh, part of it is kind of, I guess, I guess due to, I mean, I've been performing and I've been on microphones and, on football fields and boxing gyms and all that, you know, boxing rings and all that. I've been all, been around all that kind of stuff for a long time. And one of the eye-openers was when I started boxing. 
And, you know, in between, actually, even during the round, if you're not, if you don't have tunnel vision and you, you know, while you up against this opponent, you can hear everything the people on the sidelines are saying. And these are fans. So, and everybody in there is not there to watch you win. They, most of them want to see somebody get knocked out, especially if it's a boxing match. So, yeah, I would hear criticism. I hear, I remember this one time in between round, it was, it was a, a, a couple of uh, old heads. They were like, yeah, man, you got it, man, you got it. But in between that first and second round, I heard him talking about, like, man, if he hit you with another shot like that, he going to knock you out. Then he going to take your girl. And I'm like, dog, like, y'all was just on my side. Like, what? But, hey, what can I do about that? What can I do about that? It's criticism. You know, it's people just – people on the sidelines. If you're on the field, you shouldn't be worried about who's sitting in the stands talking crazy. You need to focus on what's out there in the field, what's in front of you. And that's just my take on it. Why am I going to worry about a person's opinion who's not even in the game? Unless you're my coach, when I come to that sideline, all that extra stuff you're saying, look, man, you could keep that for, you could put that on a podcast <laughs> or go talk to your friends about it. Either way it goes, I'm out there on the field. I'm out there getting it done. you out there watching. And it look a whole lot easier when you're sitting down on the couch or sitting down uh, in the bleachers and watching people out there just trying to perform. I think that kind of goes all the way around the board, too. Uh, the same way a person could be, like, well, I'm at work right now. There's, there's people that can be in positions where they have to make executive decisions. So if you are on a lower, I don't like saying lower like that, but if you're on a lower level, uh, if you're on a lower tier than that person in the executive position, you're going to say, oh, man, what? why did they order so much of this? Why is that going there? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Well, most of the time, you're not privy enough to the information. So you're going to see you're going to see somebody make a decision and you're not going to understand why. Most of that's not even your business anyway. You need to focus on doing what you need to do anyway. If your job is a worker, you don't need to be worried about executive decisions. You work on doing your job and then you go home, well get paid and then you go home. Now, we're talking about people, you know, on the sideline with their critique and stuff like that. Executives go into a room or get on phone calls. So if you're not welcome to that phone call, if you're not on that phone call or in that room, your opinion really don't matter to nobody. I mean, you could talk about it, but ain't nothing gonna change. Um, but yeah, that was you know that that question, like I said, uh, that I asked earlier about you know which one do you pay more attention to, the congratula congratulatory compliments or uh, crucial criticism. Now, as far as uh, congratulatory compliments. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm, I, I got an odd brain when it comes to compliments. Uh, and I mentioned earlier about it'd be times where I'd be performing and I'm only giving like 80%, 85%, 90%, not going hard, but like doing enough to win. And then my coaches and my teammates or or even my trainers sometimes would come say, hey, man, you did good. Uh, man, you, you, you were doing your thing today. Man, you were showing out. And I'd be looking at them like, man, I did all right. I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to compliments, I, I, I used to get compliments. Uh, well, I still get compliments on random things, but I don't really let it go to my head anymore because I used to let compliments go to my head. 
And then I get, uh, what's the word for it? I'll get, uh, I get a big head. I get all hyped up. The next thing I know, I end up screwing up. And now I'm feeling lower than I felt <laughs> before I even started. <laughs> because somebody done hyped me up. Somebody uh, done built me up. And uh, the funny thing about that is, it's layers to, to me, it's layers to compliment, congratulatory compliments too. Uh, and ex- I'm going to give y'all two examples. One example is, uh, I guess it, well, let me say it like this. It depends on who the compliment is coming from. Because if this is a person that you've been at, at odds with, you don't like them, they don't like you. Uh, every chance they get, they want to they want to knock you down, and you want to knock them down. If you beat them and they come to you and shake your hand and look you in your eyes and say, good job, man, you you were the better man today or the better woman or the better whatever. You were the best one today. For me, with my with my temper and stuff like that and with my background, I appreciate those compliments more than I would a person that just tells me good things all the time anyway. Because I don't like hype men. I don't like people that just... Oh, man, you're the best. You're the best. Like, dog, if you don't leave me alone, like, I'm not even good yet, and you telling me I'm the best already. I used to hate when my boxing coach do that because I'm like, look, I know you calling me champ and all this and that, but I'm in here sparring with these cats. I done been to different gyms, and I know my hand speed ain't the fastest. I know my footwork is not the best. Like, I don't really – I'm not one of those kind of people who need a lot of compliments. Um, But there are people that do need those compliments to lift them up. Um, I don't know if that's speaking on insecurity. I don't know. I don't really know what they're speaking to. But as far as like compliments and congratulations and stuff like that, now if I if I gave it my all, regardless of whether you give me a compliment or criticism, I'm gonna be good anyway because I gave it a hundred percent. So I'm not gonna really focus too much on whether you said I did good or bad. I'm just gonna be proud of myself anyway. Um, and it took me a long time to get there. Uh, peer pressure uh, from, you know, from middle school, high school, uh, going out into the world. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people might want to box you in, put you in a little box. And and there's other times where you might be in that box and you know you're inside of that box, but you're saying, look, I'm bigger than what's inside of this box. I want to grow. I want to, I want to do better. And depending on who you have around you and in your life, they might, they might criticize you for trying to elevate and get bigger and do better. Uh, and I spoke on that because I was talking about peer pressure. When I was growing up, it was a lot of people that I know that whenever the road got rocky, whenever the terrain got rough, they would just quit. I knew cats that used to live in the hood, and the same way I woke up early in the morning to go look for a job, they woke up early in the morning and they stood out there on the corner. Waiting for something, waiting to hit a lick. And then they go to jail, and then they get mad that the police came and arrested them. Hey, peer pressure comes from all different angles. I also knew people who were in relationships. They knew, and the people around them knew that they needed to get out their relationship. But they didn't because they were hanging out with other people who were giving them compliments. Yeah, man, just just keep fighting, man. Just keep trying. Just keep, just keep going, man. You you got it. Y'all gonna be all right. 
depending on how much information that person knows when they're telling you to keep keep going and keep striving in that relationship could be helpful or harmful. Now, if they know your situation up and down, left and right, you might want to listen to them. But if they're just some people that just see y'all out and about every now and then, once in a blue moon, and tell you, hey, keep it going, man, y'all can do this, I don't know if that information is is, is the best. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> um, this part of the show has definitely been one of my uh, one of my favorite parts of the show and this show right here is going to be uh, I'm actually going to make a segment and this uh, I got to figure out how to get with the right people because I'm, ha- I'm about to start having some, some parties like uh, back in San Diego we used to call them uh, day parties like during the day the attire for the men would be you know dressed kind of casual some smooth some light and the Attire for the women would be wear a sundress or something like that, and then we would have some music playing, like some, some just just music, just good music. So one of the examples of the songs that I'm talking about is uh, this song that I'm about to play next. It's by a guy named Blast. So if you ain't never heard of Blast, then yeah, you need to make new friends. <coughs> but uh, so Blast, R&B artist. Not sure if he signed. Uh, I need to look in. I'm gonna look more into his catalog because I know I can find way more songs, but uh, songs by him. But blast and uh, the song title is uh, "Searching." So I'm gonna let that one run, and then I'm gonna get back to y'all in a second. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, blast. The, t- the song title is "Searching." Heard you want a real nigga Not the type to sit up under chill with you But the type to split the dollar bill with you I just think it's funny cause you still with the Little nigga that won't take the time to build with you Ain't no point in crying over spill liquor I don't pillow talk but keep it real with you So I got the soft up with a real dripper A ill nigga come and match my fly Yeah you deserve it, baby. Every morning, huh? You been working lately. And I see you putting in on the surface, baby. You been searching for it. And I'm searching, baby. Searching for you. You deserve it, baby. Every morning, huh? You been working lately. And I see you putting in on the surface, baby. You been searching for it. And I'm searching, baby. I can split the pie with you if you lie. Let's keep this alive with the guy. It's a different vibe. Let's go hit Dubai, paint the sky. Maybe hit Africa or Hawaii or Dubai. Maybe we can hit Paris, the Eiffel Tower. Make a trip, course I like a ticket. Just take a pic, course I grant your wishes. Let's take a risk, even if it ain't making sense. Yeah, I might blow it all tonight. Yeah, we gon' ball tonight. Night, yeah, you deserve it, baby. Every morning, huh? You been working lately, and I see you putting in on the surface, baby. You been searching for it, and I'm searching, baby, searching for you. You deserve it, baby. Every morning, huh? You been working lately, and I see you putting in on the surface, baby. You been searching for it, and I'm searching, baby. 
that was blast. Searching for you. I can't. No, I ain't got it today. I'm gonna try again the next time. Search. No, can't do it. I'm gonna leave it alone. I think I could do it though. Hold on. Search. No, no, it ain't there today. I'm gonna try again. But anyway, uh, that album is called uh, No Love Lost, and uh, like I said, the artist's name was Blast. Searching for you. Searching, searching for you. No, that's that's better. But that ain't where I was trying. Anyway, uh, I. I'm about to ask another question that I think might be pretty thought-provoking. And I hope you enjoy the show so far. But this question that I have is, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's a, a philosophical question. I don't know if it's a, uh, to me it's thought-provoking. But anyway, the question is, how do you know if someone trusts you. <clears throat> how do you know? How do you know if somebody trusts you? The reason I asked that question is, uh, you know, and, and I don't know if y'all noticed, but there was a long little pause uh, before I started talking to... I guess answer that question is because honestly I don't really know I don't really know if I don't know <laughs> this is about to sound so ridiculous I don't know how I know if someone trusts me I really don't because there's been times where I thought someone trusted me and they didn't. There's been times where I thought someone trusted me and they did. Uh, it's, it's a conundrum to be in when you think someone trusts you and they don't. Because it's very, very disappointing. Um... Takes a, I, I would say it takes a, a lot of inner, I guess, inner self-discipline and inner oh, positive self-talk for someone that you thought trusted you and you realize that they don't trust you, it takes a lot of positive self-talk to not let that get to you. Um, I, I really wish I knew the answer to that question because I am wrong so many times when I think somebody trusts me, and I'm also very wrong a lot of times when I don't think someone trusts me. And mo I, I don't know how else to come to a conclusion about whether somebody trusts you or not until chaos is involved. And I'm at a point in my life right now where I really just try to avoid chaos. I really, I'm seeking peace. Um, peace. Man, peace. Peace like sitting on a beach, watching the sunset, feeling the breeze with a Mai Tai in your hand. 
that kind of piece is what I'm searching for now. So as far as chaos, and you know, like I said, I I think the only way you could tell whether somebody trusts you or not is if you and that person are put in a put in chaos. Uh, but even then, you know, how do you know when somebody trusts you? Like that's a hard, that's hard because a lot of times we go off a of feeling. You can't really go off of words because I've met plenty of people that say, "I'm uh, I'm loyal. You my dog. You my boy." Or I love you and this and that. And then next thing I know, they're doing some real shady stuff. Sometimes I confront them about it. Sometimes I don't. But at the same time, it's times where I've been around people that I that I didn't think, I didn't trust them, and I know they didn't trust me either. Well, I felt like I, I felt like I trusted them. Oh, I felt like I didn't trust them, and I felt like they didn't trust me either. But... They proved me. They proved me otherwise when chaos was involved. I actually have a real good friend, like one of my best friends. Uh, now, that's how that situation started. I was with a group of boys. Uh, I said boys. Well, we were boys at the time, but I was with a group of uh, group of homeboys, and we went out to uh, it was like a like a get together somebody's house. Went to a get together, and one of the cats in the, in the crew that I was rolling with on that. At that particular moment, he was real quiet. He was always quiet, real quiet. Always looked like he was angry about something. Like, seemed like one of those like like a no nonsense kind of guy. And me, especially when I'm going out, hanging out, I like smile. I like to be around them, but smiles and, and, and upbeat people. I need you to be happy. I need you to be in in a good mood. Cause one, we about to go out here and start drinking. So if you're in a bad mood and you're drinking, nine times out of ten, we're gonna end up having to break up a fight, or we're gonna have to. Talk our way, talk our way out of getting you knocked out or whooped. Or we're going to have to talk to a, try to talk to the police about your actions and try to help you get home with us. But there's certain moments where, there were certain moments where I just felt like that dude didn't trust me at all. And I really didn't even really like him like that. And I remember. We end up going, we were standing in the line, about to go into the club, and there's some cats that was behind us. I guess they were mad because we, we were in the VIP line. Like, we, we didn't know it was two lines, but we had the money. And, uh, so we saw that there was another line where VIP was. So we walked over there and, uh, and got in the line. And the other cats that was over in the other line, they started telling us, hey, man, no, nah, get back in line. No, 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 no. That's VIP. That's VIP. That's VIP. And we're looking like, well, I wasn't even paying no attention to him because I already had money to get up in there anyway. So one of the uh, one of the ones I trusted started talking crazy, started talking reckless. You know, it's a lot of profanity. A lot of profanity. If you don't get out of my face with all that, I'm going to beat you. All of that. Start talking crazy like that. Crazy like that. And uh, I was looking at him like, say, man, chill out. Because, one, we're not even from here. We don't know nothing about them. You need to chill out. And then I pulled him to the side, and I told him, but, hey, if it go down, I got you. But, say, we don't know, the, we don't know them like that. Chill. Chill. We're going to get up in here. We're going to have some fun. We're going to dance. We're going we're gonna to just chill. Don't worry about that. That was a moment where I thought he trusted me. 
He says, okay. Fast forward, we go inside the nightclub. We chilling, doing our thing. Uh, he ended up going to the bathroom. I shouldn't have let him go to the bathroom by himself. But he ended up going to the bathroom. It took him a little while to come out. So I decided to go check on him. So I'm walking over, and I'm thinking I'm walking by myself. But just so happened, the dude that I didn't even really really trust like that, he was walking behind me, but he was keeping, he, he was about four or five feet behind me, but he was following me while I was going to the bathroom. I had no idea. I remember I opened up the bathroom door, and I see my homeboy getting, like, it's about four people punching him in the face, like hard, like hard as, hard as they could. So I go, and I help help get a couple of them off. And um, the main dude that I didn't trust, he come in, he didn't say no words. I didn't hear him say no nothing. He just started cleaning clocks. He done knocked three of them out. Now he done grabbed the other cat, and he dragging him over by the uh, by the toilet bowl. Looked like he was about to slap, smash his head into the toilet bowl. And I end up stopping. I'm like, yo, man, <laughs> you, little, you go a little too hard. Like, we need we need to go home now. Like, I ain't trying to get into all of this. That dude looked at me, and he was like, nah, nah. We need to solve this. He was like, we need to solve this problem because we shouldn't even, we shouldn't even came out here with this with this over here anyway. And I'm like, I didn't say nothing. We we got up out of there. But I was still thinking to myself, I'm like, why would he say that? Like, you know, you know this guy more than I do. And you're rolling with him. So apparently you trust him. You don't know me like that. But you telling me I need to leave this cat alone because he's nothing but trouble. That's when I realized, and, and I took his advice. So I trusted him because, like I said, it was a moment of chaos. But at the same time, I didn't know whether he trusted me or not. But when we got in the when we got in the car, I told him, "Hey, let's take separate cars because they followed us." Uh, well, I said, "Let's take separate cars." We we met up with another group of guys anyway. I was like, "Let's take separate cars." Just in case some cats trying to shoot or something like that, uh, we'll be in a couple separate cars, and if they do hit one car, at least the other car could hit theirs, and then we could all, you know, I don't know. I was, I was just trying to figure it out. Now, now, granted, all four of us that went to the club, we all rode together. Old boy that helped me out in the bathroom, at that moment he trusted me. He got in a separate car with the dude that started the problem. <laughs> And uh, I was just thinking about that. I was like, dang, I, I started out not trusting this cat because he's so quiet. He, a man of little words. Always had, He never really had a, a, a lot of smiles on his face every time I was around. And if he was smiling, every time I would walk up, he would stop smiling. And then be like sizing me up. Why I kept hanging out with them, I don't know. But that's just what it was at the time. But there was a moment where I was like, dang. I actually trust this cat more than this, <laughs> more than the other guy that invited me out here in the first place. So that's my take on trust. Uh, speaking of trust, it's actually kind of funny, but there's a, a book called uh, The Speed of Trust by, uh, I can't remember that dude. Was it? No, it wasn't John. Man. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, that was that question that I had, you know, for y'all. So whenever y'all hear this podcast, just ask yourself, 
How do you know if someone trusts you? That might help you. Uh, they might help you to, I don't know, select your friends or select better friends or, or be more careful and cautious about the people you let come into your life. Uh, there's uh, that question. I actually stole that question out of a book uh, by a guy named Peter Andre, and it's called uh, what is it? How How Legendary How Legendary Leaders uh, Speak, and it's like 451 like proven commu- communication strategies on how to be a more effective uh, speaker and this and that. Uh, but yeah, so that that question right there out of reading that book. I mean, I hadn't finished it yet, but I was reading that book, and then that question right there popped up in my head, and I was like, man, that's that's deep. It sounds like a surface-level question, but the more I started thinking about it, I started realizing, like, no, nah, that's that's actually pretty deep. How do you know if you tr- if someone trusts you? <laughs> it's easy to tell. It, it's easy for you to say whether you trust somebody else, but how do you know if they trust you? I, and it's just my opinion, I'm, welcome, I'm welcoming pushback if y'all got it, and if you do have pushback on that question, then you could come on the show and we could sit down and talk about it too. But I feel like the only way you can find out if somebody trusts you is if there is a moment of chaos and you two have to figure it out together. So that's my take on that. Uh, and guess what? Like I said, I told you this is my favorite segment. My, uh, I got this playlist and I got some old songs that's just on point. And uh, this right here, this song right here, is called She's All I Got by Jay Cozier. So, Jay, I'm going to let you take the floor. I'm going to let you do what you do. And I'm going to let everybody enjoy that. So. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Crazy 
Sometimes I love her Sometimes I love her not I let her go Cause she's all I got Although she nags me And complains a lot I let her go No, no With her Cozier, she's all I got, and it was the radio edited version. I'm gonna try to look into his catalog a little bit more because I like I like the way his uh, I like his style, man. He's he's pretty good. Um, I had another question, but I'm not gonna go into any layers on it. But that question is uh, something somebody asked me a little bit earlier because we were talking about basketball, and uh, oh yeah, by the way, uh, North Carolina. Was it Villanova? I think North Carolina and Villanova for playing tonight. I am a big Tar Heels fan. I've been watching Tar Heels ever since Jerry Stackhouse and Vince Carter, Anton Jameson, and all them. So although I'm from Texas, I'm a Longhorns fan. But when it comes to college basketball, I like North Carolina. Because the first time I saw a game, I was watching Jerry Stackhouse. The second time I watched them play was when Vince Carter and uh, Anton Jameson was playing. So... Uh, hey, shout out to them. Um, but oh, I'm tripping. North Carolina and Kansas. See, now that 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 lets you know that I have not had a chance to watch a lot of sports lately. I've been trying to get my son, uh, better at soccer, and uh, you know, and he's three years old, three years old, and he's doing the thing too. Actually, it surprised me. Um, but yeah, he got some little footwork and everything, uh, quick. Fast, likes to run, and positive most of the time. But and I've been hearing things from everybody else talking about how how good he is. And you know, I don't really, I I never really played soccer before, so uh, I know that back in Texas, football was a real big big deal, football and track. So those were the sports I was competing in and, and uh, participating in uh, when I was younger. But uh, I hope it's a good game. Hopefully I get a chance to sit down and watch it tonight. So if uh, if you hear this podcast, um, well, by the time y'all hear it, the game probably going to be over. Because I think, well, I don't know. Uh, but depends on 
when you hear it, I guess, because uh, after I finish recording, I'm going to upload this episode. And today is uh, April 4th, 2022. Like I said, episode nine. And I hope North Carolina can pull it off. Now, I'm about to go watch a little bit of film and see. I'm, I'm going to try to do a, a quick glance and see how good Kansas is. Before, but either way it goes, I want North Carolina to win. So let's. How about them? Well, I was about to say, how about them Tar Heels? Let's go Tar Heels. Uh, hopefully, y'all can pull it off. Uh, another. Oh, and I got and there's some fights coming up. In, uh, fights coming up too. Uh, Errol Spence is going to be fighting uh, Jordanis uh, Ugas. And if you know me, and you know I'm from Texas, Texas has not had. Uh, a lot of Texas has has not had a lot of uh, attention in the boxing world over the past de- uh, few decades. Um, don't get me wrong; there's been some some real dogs out there. Curtis Cox, uh, shoot, and that's back in the gap. But um, yeah, the uh, the Charlo twins, they like Jamel and uh, Jamal uh, Charlo. They're active. Uh, from Texas, doing that thing. I don't think Austin Trout. Where is Austin Trout from? No, I, th- I know he was out west somewhere, but I don't know. he's probably from like Arizona or something like that. But anyway, Errol Spence and uh, and your Dennis Ugas is uh, they're gonna be fighting uh, pretty soon. They have uh, some clips that they got epilog- uh, epilogues of them training and getting prepared for the fight on Showtime. So it's gonna be a pay per view event. Let me see if I could. Uh, Find out when that fight is is set. Cause I I don't know if y'all noticed, but I'm a really really big boxing fan, and this fight is on is gonna be on pay per view. Um, and the fight is gonna be uh, April sixteenth, twenty twenty two in Arlington, Texas. So Spence versus Ugas. I'm pretty sure the fight's gonna sell out. I'm pretty sure they're gonna do big numbers, cause everybody is rallying behind. Uh, that everybody in Texas is rallying behind the Charlo twins and Errol Spence. So hopefully Spence can go in, do his thing, and uh, and walk out of there victorious. Uh, but it's not going to be an easy fight because Ugas is a Cuban fighter. And if you know anything about Cuban fighters, their training methods, their training styles, they they are born to box. I'm talking about footwork drills. Some of them got hand speed. Some of them just so clever with their style. Their ring IQ most of the time is really good. Um, and on top of that, they fight for their country. Like that flag, the Cuban flag, when they walk into that any arena or any gym or any ring, they represent. They they fight for a purpose. You know, they fighting for the people. So, <clears throat> like I said, good luck to uh, Arrow. Errol Spence Jr., um, and I'm definitely going to have to watch that. So, uh, what else? Let me see. What else? What else? Sports. I think on this next episode, it's going to be pretty pretty interesting because I saw this article uh, that I thought was pretty, I guess, intriguing would be the word. Well, it, it, it definitely raised my eyebrows. Um, but this, this uh, article that I'm talking about, it's about a guy named uh, Sam Sam Bankman. Sam Bankman, uh, like actually the 
the title of the article. Well, by the way, it was on Bloomberg. So I got on Blue, Bloomberg.com. I usually check it just about every day to check out the markets and and uh, see what the, see how the markets looking and, and try to learn more of the lingo, the the um, the the jargon that they use in the financial field. So um, this article uh, on Bloomberg says um, a 30-year-old crypto billionaire wants to give his fortune away. So that grabbed my attention right away. And if you don't know who Sam Bankman is, Sam Bankman freed, uh, I don't know if it's freed or fried, but Sam Bankman, I'm going to just say Sam Bankman, is the founder of the cryptocurrency exchange uh, FTX. So Sam Bankman, the founder of crypto exchange uh, FTX, wants to give his fortune away. And the second sentence on the article threw me off too because it says he's a 30-year-old crypto billionaire who wants to give his fortune away, but he also drives a Toyota Corolla, he sleeps on a beanbag, and has a Robin Hood-like philosophy. So if that's not an interesting carrier, uh, ca- I say carrier, interesting character, I don't know what he is. Uh, this article was written, uh, was 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 uh, published by a guy named Zeke Foe on April 3rd, 2022. So I looked at it yesterday, kind of skimmed over it. And uh, yeah, if, if you want to learn a little bit more about why he decided to do this and and or even get more clarity on, on his mindset and the way he processes things, I suggest you take a, you get on Bloomberg.com. Go to markets, and uh, yeah, just, it, it's probably gonna be one of the main articles that like they're probably gonna be trying to drive this one home and and bring a lot of attention to uh, their platform because this is big news. Also, uh, I have emails that I get from uh, the U.S. Treasury. Um, I've always been curious. Like I'm kind of weird, so I'm one of those kind of people. Where I'll sit back and listen to one of the house committee hearings, them mugs be like three and a half hours long, but I like to sit back and watch the house of representatives, uh, argue about the budgets. And, and it's just, it's, it's actually a little, it's a little, uh, disheartening seeing how much money is being passed around and moved over here and over there. And knowing that I will probably never have a 10th of some of the, funds that they just allocate here and there. But then then again, maybe I'll, maybe I will. Maybe I'll have more than that. Maybe I'll be an angel investor who uh, I mean, well that's the end goal. But maybe I'll be I'll be an angel investor or part of a hedge fund somewhere to help other people get their goals and dreams uh, built, you know. Hopefully I can find, uh, ask enough questions to see if, if a person has a positive mindset and a good foundation. A good, uh, a good, uh, a good knowledge of of financial literacy, and and has a good financial backing and a good support group or system behind, it, or even just a good idea and and sheer work ethic and determination. Uh, but hopefully, I'll meet some people like that, and I'll be able to give them some money, help them get their ideas, uh, like turn their ideas into reality. Uh, I, just, I like seeing that kind of stuff. I like seeing people win. 
one of those kind of people. I'm one of those kind of people who've been trying to help people out my whole life. And I used to think I had to have money to help people out. But honestly, I've been helping more people by just giving them good advice or, or just giving them an ear, you know, when, when they need to talk to somebody. Or sometimes a hug. I think the world need, the world needs a hug. Everybody in the world needs a hug. Um, but, yeah, that uh, – oh, about that, circling back about that article about the 30-year-old uh, crypto billionaire who wanted to give his fortune away, I thought it was pretty cool. Now, I'm pretty sure he's not going to give all his money away. <laughs> but then again, this dude riding around in a Toyota Corolla, uh, a billionaire riding around in a Toyota Corolla and sleeping on a beanbag, I'm pretty sure he's not worried about money at all. He'll probably go live off in the woods. <laughs> he <laughs> On some leaves and grass, and or hanging in a tree. Well, I ain't gonna say hanging in a tree because I'm black and I don't like how that sound. Uh, and yeah, let's just leave that topic alone. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see, let's see. What else was I about to? It was something else I was gonna talk about, but I it's slipping my mind right now. Uh, oh, yeah, to. To those who are uh, veterans like myself and they see that the the war is going on uh, and you are one of the kind of people that want to go back and get active, like let's say you have family or, or relatives over there, just make sure you think about all the different all the different avenues and all the different as many scenarios as you can before you volunteer to go over there. And help them out, uh, because as far as I know, I I don't know if I don't know if I would say this that's more like a civil war or not, but it to me it kind of is just knowing the history behind uh, the Kiev Slavs and uh, I mean the Kiev Rus or well Ukrainians and the Russians. I mean they kind of go hand in hand, uh, so. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't know how true it is, but I I was looking at this. I mean, I was listening to another podcast. I'm trying to remember which one it is, but I can't remember right now. But they were saying that, for the most part, the Russians uh, or the Ukrainians and the Russians started out uh, way back in the day, started out as uh, Scandinavian Vikings. And they went on down and... They came in contact. Well, they found this 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 one area where I guess it was easy to trade and 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 you know they were on ships anyway. So I imagine that this was just a uh, a channel where they were able to just kind of float down and found a good area where it looked like the habitat was pretty pretty sustainable and and whatnot. But anyway, they found that there were a group of uh, What's the word? There were a group of a group of natives that were already inhabiting the area, and those people happened to be Yugoslavian people. And long story short, they went there. They basically <laughs> colonized, or I, I don't know if that's the word, the, the best word for it, but I'm just gonna say they colonized, and they decided to turn the the Yugoslavians into slaves and uh, yeah, I guess they needed, I guess the, 
the the people I'm talking about that did it were called the Ruse. The the Scandinavian the Scandinavian Vikings were the uh, were called the Ruse, and I'm guessing they they teamed up with the Ki- the Kievans, which is if you don't understand Ukraine and and that part of the globe or that part of the the world, Kiev is actually uh, the capital of Ukraine. So the Kievan Rus, you know, they partnered up and they became the Kievan Rus, and then they uh, basically made slaves out of out of the, the Yugoslavians in some kind of way. The was it the? You know what? I'm not about to go down there. I'm not about to go down that road because I'm not looking at the article. I'm just kind of going off the top of the head. Uh, and if and like I said, if I'm inaccurate on there, I'm more than I'm more than happy to invite somebody on to kind of give me more of a thorough rundown on it. But the fact that I brought it up when I stopped recording today, I am going to go out and I'm going uh, to find that article and well, I'm going to find that podcast and I'm going to listen to it again. And um, but anyway. Uh, I think it's time for me to. Yeah, I gotta go be productive, uh, right quick. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, so far. Uh, I wanted to also give y'all a heads up too. So the music that y'all are listening to, if you like any of the songs, uh, um, if you're on Instagram. The easiest way to listen to find some of the songs that I post, anyway, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at AJ Squared Away. So AJ AJ S Q U underscore A R E D A W A Y. So AJ Squared Away, or you could just say AJ Squared Away, but then you put uh, what do you call that thing? What is it? The underscore in between the U and the A of AJ Squared Away. And if you don't know how to spell squared away, shame on you, first of all. Second of all, uh, just Google it. Google it. You can speak into the phone, and it'll pretty much do it for you, I think. Uh, But anyway, I got another groovy tune that I'm going to play for y'all before I end this thing. And uh, if you don't know who Aaron Aaron Ray is or Terrace Martin, once again, you need to evaluate your friends. But this song right here is called Platinum Fire. And I'm pretty sure you're going to, if you like the music that I played so far, you're going to definitely like this one anyway. But anyway, Aaron Ray and Terrace Martin with Platinum Fire. So I'm going to play this song. Then I'm going to play one more song as an outro. And then I'm out of here, man. So enjoy.
like that so um yeah that's the end of the show so far uh well as i said so far that's the end of the show um about to get off this thing but before i leave i want y'all to go check out uh, an artist named alex isley her and a dude named jack dine just dropped the album uh i think it was yesterday well friday uh real real nice album and one of my favorite songs on that album uh, is the one I'm about to play right now for the outro. So, hopefully you like the show. Welcome to the theater of my mind. Hope you had a good time. And if you didn't enjoy this podcast, you're definitely going to love. I hate when I do that. I start talking and I talk too fast and then I just mess up a word. Anyway, hope you. hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. If you didn't enjoy this one, then you will definitely enjoy the next one. It's only going to get better. So... With that being said, I'm going to walk this thing on out with uh, Alex Isley and Jack Dine. Too bad I forget. So, like I said, go check out our album. Uh, and Yeah, my name is Anthony Johnson. I'm the optimistic antagonist. This thing is starting to grow some wings. I need to get a couple more mics, too, because I'm going to start inviting more people on here. But uh, anyway, check the song out. Hope you like it. Hope you love it. If you need to, you can get more of it. I'm over here rhyming. Anyway. I'm out. Tell me again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ain't smiling, you ain't coming in through my front door either. I just wanted to say that, man, because everybody keep on coming up, knocking on my door. They be looking all crazy and stuff like that. If you ain't smiling, you ain't coming in my house. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted everybody to know that. Tell me again how'd you get in, my darling? I don't want to. I chose not to feel no more. That kind of pain ain't worth hurting for. I keep sinking, thinking love is true. Don't you make me regret Supposed to learn and remember It's too bad to forget I don't want to I chose not to feel no more That kind of pain
go get her album. She is amazing. Her and Jack Don, they don't play. They ain't playing with y'all, man. They ain't playing. There it is. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen.